This episode of With Love and Justice for All is brought to you by Bliss Books and Wine. Bliss Books and Wine is an independent black-owned bookstore for wine enthusiasts and book lovers. Listed as one of the black-owned bookstores in America that amplify the best in literature by OprahDaily.com, Bliss Books and Wine is your go-to for all your favorite titles, including ebooks and audiobooks. And when we buy from black-owned businesses, we are helping to create a world of racial equity. When ordering online, use the code 846BOOK for a 10% discount. That's 846-B-O-O-K for a 10% discount at blissbooksandwine.com. Exploring the healing and culture building practices of embodied anti-racism. This is With Love and Justice for All with Reverend Ogan Holder and Reverend Kelly Isola. Hello, welcome to episode 50 of With Love and Justice for All. It is I, Reverend Hogan Holder, and my partner in crime and consciousness, Reverend Kelly. How are you today, Reverend Kelly? I'm doing pretty good. Working right. out more physical therapy, building up strength in the knee and the leg. Awesome, awesome. I'm just happy that I've got sun now for two consecutive days, and it's Friday. Even though, given how our work is set up, like, days of the week have kind of lost meeting, but still, it's Friday. Yes. Yeah. It's Friday. Uh, <laughs> this is our podcast. Two episodes coming to you a week, and we have conversations around embodied anti-racism, dismantling oppression, fostering liberation, and the special challenges that arise as spiritual seekers. Please visit us online at projectsanctus.com to see all the amazing opportunities that we have for you to help shift the paradigm. I want to thank all of our listeners and subscribers. First, here in the U.S., uh, we got some top states this week, North Carolina, Texas, and California. So hmm. all you are in there. Um, it was interesting because we went through the stats. There was a category at the bottom that, that was a lot of listeners that said unable to identify the state that they're in. So huh. I don't know why, or some of y'all might be running your VPNs. Good for you. But also thank you to our listeners around the world. Yes, we are international. We got listeners in Canada, France, the United Kingdom, Ukraine, Brazil, and uh, I mentioned Canada twice. Well, aren't Canada, you get double billing. <laughs> <laughs> They're extra special north of the border. I really got to read the stuff before he starts <laughs> speaking. <laughs> Anywho's uh on today's episode uh we've entitled it do as i say not as i do <laughs> we, we're gonna take a look at some interesting news stories some headlines you might have missed both disturbing and life affirming so don't worry it won't be episode is not gonna be all about a downer um but first we got some other stuff to tell you about we do we're getting busy and and have some good good offerings uh and if starting with just if you want to join in the conversation you can find us on facebook and on instagram our handle is at get our holy on right now um if you're listening right now we're live streaming to facebook and so you can certainly join in the conversation there even if you're listening later um on you know your favorite podcast platform or you're watching the the live video on facebook you can still comment so send us a message at, at get our holy on you can also call we have a phone number uh 413 get holy 413 get holy which is 413-438-4659 our uh 846 book club our nonfiction, is up and going again we had a little hiatus over the summer we are working through it's called do the work 
do the work. It's a, it's literally an activity. It see it says an anti-racist activity book. If you're looking, I just pointed to the name. And we are Tuesdays uh, from seven to nine p.m. Eastern. You can join at any time if you go to the website projectsanctus.com and under the the uh, the book club. There's no need to register. The link for class is there and the password. So come on, join us. We still have a four four more sessions. So come join us. And then our final fiction eight forty six book club fiction. Uh, gathering is on October 27th, and it's how the one-armed sister sweeps her house. Uh, it's a, it's all the books have been wonderful. Um, all the books uh, we did five of them were all written by Black women, and this one is especially special to our hearts because she is uh, the author is from Barbados, which is Ogan's home, home turf. Um, represent so listen so yes. when you're reading this book if you haven't started yet you still got time but there's gonna be a lot yeah. of like local barbados references that i can't wait to hear people go like what does that mean right right so yeah I, i'm gonna have some explaining to do and then two two bigger events that we have coming up is one it's uh uh is a three-part workshop called intersectionality why a new prism is needed uh, socially marginalized people everywhere face all kinds of dilemmas and challenges as a consequences of intersectionality, which is intersections of race and gender, heterosexism, transphobia, xenophobia, ableism, all of the social dynamics that come together and create challenges that are sometimes quite unique and very often go unaddressed. So we're going to look at the, explore the frameworks and the definitions of identity, uh, power, privilege, advantages, what intersectionality really is that was um, brought forward by Kimberly Crenshaw. Um, so we create a, a shared understanding and we lay a groundwork for a deeper analysis. And by looking deeper into this framework, um, of a, a, we really get to discover what to do. You know, it's always the big question. Well, what can I do? What can I do? Um, and it, we're, you and I Hogan, are always turning people back to, yes, internal, like start there. So yeah. we will look at it also through theological principles and some spiritual practices in order to, um, you know, teach ourselves and embody for ourselves multiple identities and multiple ways that supremacy is played out as well as oppression um, happens. And that's October 20, 21, 22, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on each of those three days. Go to the website. You can register. The other um, event that we have coming up that I'm also, I don't, I might even be a little more excited about. It's called <laughs> Love and Love and Rage, a contemplative play shop on liberation. And I think one reason I'm really excited about it is that it's contemplative. I love contemplative practices. Um, I thought, I'm a contemplative person. I thought it was because of the simmering rage within you. Well, there is that too, but most people would not. I'm what's considered the technical term is a new contemplative ah. um, because I'm not, I don't sit in the lotus position. I'm not gotcha. seriously introverted, um, but I am a contemplative. So this workshop is on November 12th, 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Eastern. There'll be a lunch break. And then at the end of the day, like the last 30 minutes or so, we're going to close with a ritual. But it's a conscious anti-racism play shop that invites us to redefine our relationship with anger, to love ourselves more deeply, to decolonize towards wholeness and through conversation, contemplation, discomfort. 
love, joy, and, and being together. And it's based on the work uh, inspired by really the work of Lama Rod Owens, who is the author of the book, Love and Rage. He also uh, was co-author of Radical Dharma, one of our 846 books that we did um, a while back. Um, and so what that's- Wait, hang on. What you need to know is that we've got different, we've, we're doing an economic justice approach to yes. how you pay for these workshops. So there are different price plans based on your economic situation and you don't have to prove it to us. We go in on the, we go in on the, uh, what do you call it? The trust system here. Um, the honor system. The honor system. There you go. We went on the honor system. Um, and even if those are beyond your means, please contact us. We want to make sure that this work is accessible to everyone. Uh, yeah. so, uh, let's, let money, just... money is not the reason to not be engaged with us. There, there you go. Um, let's jump into some headlines. So why are we calling this show, this episode, do as I say, not as I do, let's go to Georgia. And <laughs> as you know, in Georgia, the Senate race is heating up, uh, the candidates, uh, the Republican Herschel Walker and the Democrat Raphael Warnock are pretty, uh, neck to neck amazingly so given the recent news that uh herschel walker the republican who's running on a platform of of, of um wanted to put in place a federal abortion ban should uh, the republicans retake the senate uh, news just came out that um a former sexual partner of him of his and um i understand actually one of the mothers of yes yes one of his kids um apparently a while back he paid for her to have an abortion or to be more accurate he reimbursed her for the abortion even sent her a get well card uh afterwards and of course he's vehemently denying this and on top of this it was fascinating to see one of his other kids who generally supports him come out and just you know say say nope 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 no don't don't fall for that nonsense um it's it's true and here's how he's been a horrible parent now we bring this up not to be um what do you call it um not to be necessarily uh denigrating herschel walker um deplorable human being arguably but the, the the point of us bringing bringing this up is again that larger argument around a general hypocrisy in in Republican Party and candidates, but again, the the question of and and let me jump in and say I absolutely support the right of anyone who wants to have an abortion. Him and um, this woman, if they agree that this is the path they needed to take at the time they needed to take it. that's your right that's your choice also your business so i'll say that okay um but i think it's it's just um a snapshot of the bigger argument which is um this desire for one party to to have a federal ban to seek to control bodies to seek to control the decisions of of women and people who can who can become pregnant and but also having a different set of rules for them, right? Um, right. You know, here's we believe this is the best for you. However, we're going to do whatever we want to do. So there's this this hypocrisy there, and just knowing that the what they're still fighting for is this um, 
this desire to control um, what the choices that you make. And again, uh, the irony is not lost that this is a party who continually says we got to get big government out of our lives. And they're, they're wanting right. to pull the ultimate big government move. I, I, it's, it, it, what, for me, it's that and so narrow, myopically focused on getting, just get them in office. It's like, never mind the, the, you know, they don't care. Again, I know we're not trying to dog on Herschel Walker and it's this myopic focus on get him into office, get him into office. I don't care what he did. Right. I don't care about the lies. I don't care. His own son is out there, you know, seriously yeah. dogging on him. And then you have the um, Dana Lesh who says that, you know, I don't Loesch, care if Herschel Dana Walker. Loesch, sorry. Yeah. I don't care if Dana Walker paid to abort endangered baby eagles. I want mm -hmm. control of the Senate. Yes. So she said Dana, Dana Loesch, uh, noted conservative radio host and gun gun rights advocate. She said the quiet part. She's a, she's a spokesperson for the NRA. Yeah. yeah. Said the quiet part out loud, which is um, the who the who the person's running doesn't matter. It doesn't it doesn't matter what they're saying. It doesn't matter what they've done. It doesn't matter what they stand for. We want control of the Senate and we will do whatever it takes with whoever it takes to get them in that in that position, which I think says a lot as to where this party has has come to and why it's really important to, again, as we talk about as we talk about um, um, creating uh, in the in the outer, you know, taking it to a spiritual context, if we're talking about creating in the outer that which we hold um, and envision as a world that works for all, then mm -hmm then it's it's really important to go like we can't let a party that's consumed with power that then it will very clearly use to disenfranchise and to control and to restrict rights um, and to undo rights to right. be in in power and um i don't need to remind folks again midterms are about a month away november november 8th is voting day um and no vote is a vote, so please vote. Yeah, I just it's I I got to keep looking at the overarching, you know, this is not you know doing whatever you have to do to make something happen is not something new here in this country. Yeah. It is the the foundation of um, of oppression. It is the foundation of racism, sexism, classism. Do whatever you have to do to get. Um, to be right, not yes. righteous, but to be right. To be right. To be right. Even so, if you're wrong. <laughs> yes. So, um, if if you're new to our show, uh, go back and listen to uh, episode "What's at Stake." Um, mm. I forget which episode number that is. I'm going to look at it right now. Um, it is episode. Well, we got episode 43, which is midterm mayhem. I think that's the one yeah. where we talk about where we talk about what's, what's, at, what's at stake, yeah. What's, what's at stake in our in our upcoming midterms? Um, so yeah, all right. Let's 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 move on. I don't think there's um, much more we got to say about that. Uh, you want to talk about COVID because still a thing? Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, I want, yeah, I, I think people will be shocked to know. Okay, so here's sarcasm. You know, shocked to know. I was going to say, that, will they? Yeah. Texas and Oklahoma misused COVID funds. Hmm. Shocker. Yep. And not not like to feed the hungry or the, you know, or pay people's rent, like not for the good of humanity. Right. Which is ostensibly what the COVID funds were su supposed to be used for. If they if they yes. fed hungry people, arguably, yes. you know, or people who, who were who were becoming food insecure because of COVID. Sure. Right. Um, but yeah, they use they use this to uh, uh, hire guards, expand the wall and bus immigrants out of the state um, in so, Texas, in Texas. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's what Florida did, too. That's that's where that money ostensibly came from. Mm -hmm. um, money that was sent uh, as part of, you know, when COVID happened and the federal government sent, you know, millions of dollars to states, um, billions actually, uh, to states to say, here's here's some money you can use towards uh, responding to COVID. And a lot of, um, in some states, as we we're realizing, um, was put towards um, manufactured issues and in order to again um drum up fear drum up panic and political stunting um texas steered a billion dollars in federal know, one billion a billion dollars federal pandemic dollars to uh. operation lone star which was used to hire thousands of guards expand the wall and bus migrants out of state including that uh what um, he also tapped um, his that budget to bus 12,000. I don't think they've made it up to 12,000 yet, but that's what he said he would bus 12,000 migrants to Washington, D.C., New York City, and Chicago since last spring. I guess he has. Yeah, I'm reading, I'm reading yeah. deep in the article here uh, being reported by. Well, and I, I, he calls it the, you know, the, the border a disaster area. Uh, yes. you know and overrun by marauding migrants i'm like yes that narrative that narrative is still used to um strike fear into the hearts of some voters um so is the reason well, it's a, it's the same as it's the stereotype um yes. and it's not you know like like um large black men there's this men there's this stereotype of you know being angry or dangerous or you right. know even um you know, and black women, as soon as they, you know, voice an opinion, oh, there's that angry black woman. You know, if you're if you're from another country, then there's something sketchy going on about you or yes. um, and certainly Islamophobia. You know, if you're a Muslim, then you're dangerous. So to marauding migrants. Yeah. Um, so here's here's some here's some facts. So to be clear, are there people crossing the border illegally? Yes. Uh, vast majority of migrant of, of people crossing the border or doing so legally. Again, if you cross the border seeking asylum, that is legal in the U.S. Not only is it legal, but you are allowed to travel freely around the country once you enter seeking asylum until your case is heard. So right. one of the things he said was, you know, we have to fill the dangerous gaps left by the Biden's administration's refusal to secure the border. And he said that they've caught 287,000 illegal migrants um, since this program, Operation Lone Star, has started. So therefore, the money's going to a good cause. 
he does not mention that U.S. Customs and Border Protection apprehended 1.6 million migrants in 2021, another 1.6 in 2020. And we have to also remember uh, um, one of President Obama's nicknames was Deporter-in-Chief. There were more people, <laughs> migrants, deported under President Obama's presidency than other presidencies. So, so to to so the narrative that you know uh, Democrats are not concerned about the border and are trying to support and actually get illegal migrants into the country is purely a false uh, narrative. Um, yeah. And it's interesting that the party that again claims to be the party of God and Christianity always seems to neglect that part about welcome the stranger. Like that is a fundamental yes. part of both the Christian and the Judaic narrative, <laughs> right? You Give us your poor, your huddled masses. You, you know, well, well, welcome in the stranger. Uh, you know, people yes. always, people, you know, People always want to. I'm gonna get biblical. Loving, for a loving your neighbor. Yeah. You know that there's there's these. I wanna, yeah, just I wanna get biblical for a second. People always want to argue that the the sin of, uh, you know, Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah was was around homosexuality. No, it wasn't. It was about not welcoming the strangers and right. and using and and ignoring the poor. That's a passage in Jeremiah somewhere. Forget the verse. I'll look it up. Um, but but it's actually in the Bible what the true sin of Sodom and Gomorrah was, right? But it was about not welcoming the strangers. So so again, the 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 party that's claiming this like religious um, sort of I don't know moral high ground is really not following up on it at all. So there's that um what else do you want to talk about before we get in some happy well, news well the um you know just in the oklahoma is trying to avert covid funds to end um uh, right. gender affirming care yes um, so yeah. it's not um uh i don't think it's actually you know on the books yet but they're working no, hard uh, governor um, they Kevin's... threatened to withhold it yes. to withhold 108 million dollars in federal funds um if one of the state's biggest hospital systems doesn't stop its procedures and any kind of care um around gender yes. affirmation yeah yes the oklahoma children's hospital is at risk of not receiving funds um, right. um and again this is just uh, what do you call it? Political grandstanding, um, um, because medical experts have testified over and over and over again that uh, gender affirming care does not place any children at risk. It's not right. being forced upon them by parents. It's not child abuse in any way, shape, or form. Um, has has constantly been been touted. Um, so yeah, Oklahoma doing what Oklahoma does. Um, and again, again, this is the party of big government. This is the party of anti-big government saying, let people do what they want to do. I think what they're really trying to say is, you know, let businesses make as much money as they want to make at the expense of people. And yep. let's stop the regulations. Let's get, let's get big government and let, uh, and, and, but here they are 
um, again, trying to use big government to affect the everyday life of people who are scared, of people who are simply trying to be themselves. Well, and, and um, you know, the uh, so a few a few podcasts back, we did that commitment to America thing and 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 sort of that that's the GOP's manifesto. Um, and, you know, and in there was this statement about, um, you know, protecting unborn children and, and this line about trusted doctors, like using trusted yeah. doctors. And this is a you know, this is the, that's a, that's code for, you know, the doctors we approve of, doctors that are following this agenda, doctors that are, um, you know, that are willing to, that are going to stand up for anti-LGBTQ bills or any kind of, you know, uh, mental health care or physical care. Um, you know, last year there were, uh, in Oklahoma, there were 160 measures were put forward and considered that were anti-LGBTQ bills. And two thirds of them focused on transgender rights. Um, and so I kind of come back to, so so who are the trusted physicians? Um, you know, uh, Oklahoma University Health is, um, is not a, a fly-by-night operation. Right. It's, it's, you know, long-term, well-respected, um, some of the best care, Oklahoma Children's Hospital, you know, best care anywhere. I just... Um... And, and the other piece we have to mention about this is, is the further um, endangering of people's daily lives is um, children's hospitals around the country are facing escalating threats of violence Yes. Because the narrative is yeah. that they are harming children. So people so people who are buying into this narrative are are uh, think they're showing up to save children. And yeah. it couldn't be more further uh from the truth. So so it is literally putting lives in danger and not just not just the lives of of trans children who need care, but but the lives of hospital staff and parents who are repeatedly feeling threatened um, because right. people are buying, buying into this. Well, this and, and it could be putting medical, I, I mean, some people may think it's far-fetched. I don't. Putting all kinds of medical practices at risk that just, just like we've seen with these abortion ban laws and all of a sudden people aren't able to get medication they've been taking for arthritis for however yes. many years because someone decided, well, you might use that for, you know, to induce an abortion. And it's the same idea that you, you think you're, you know, you're trying to ban procedures related to any kind of gender affirming care and you wind up banning or jeopardizing lives for just some run of the mill, you know, OBGYN, you know, care. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's just wanting people to wake up and see this. It's not, it's not a big step from one to the other. You think you're focused in on one thing, but there is a huge domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of, speaking of um, inflicting harm in people's everyday lives, um, we used to think redlining was a thing of the past and apparently not so much. One of the things we always tell our folks is that um, white supremacy is like a virus in that mm. 
is mm. it mutates it changes its form um and never entirely goes away as we're seeing well i mean talk about the flu and now we're seeing with COVID, right so yeah um so no is 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 the endorsed practice of redlining legal no but what we end up happening is for example as reported in the new york times recently um, there's this there's this bank in New Jersey called uh, Lakeland Bank, and the Justice Department had was investigating them because apparently um, they avoided making loans to predominant. Um, the, uh, they were accused by the Justice Department of redlining to avoid making loans in predominantly black and Latino neighborhoods and. Um, they in order to settle this investigation the the bank decided to pay out uh a 12 million dollar home ownership fund and but admitted no wrongdoing (laughs) they they admitted they admitted no wrongdoing yeah um but um yeah so they let me see they the they accused the bank of denying or discouraging loans in certain new jersey neighborhoods based on race color or national origin of its residents and all of these branches of the banks were in majority white neighborhoods its loan officers did not serve the credit needs of black and latino neighborhoods neighborhoods in and around newark there were qualified bars the bank just didn't serve them um the bank generated five times as many loan applications from black and Latino home buyers. So basically more applications from black and Latino home buyers, more rejections for black and Latino home buyers. And again, these banks were located in majority white neighborhoods um, for applications for homes in those neighborhoods. So, um, as part of the settlement, borrowers from affected communities will be eligible for up to $15,000 in benefits set aside to make it easier to purchase or maintain homes. Um, so you can read um, this article in New York Times. So basically, again, redlining has changed how it how it looks. And we've heard stories before how it also shows up in um, um, owners, black and um minority owners of homes getting their homes valued as less when it's evidence that they live in them when they remove evidence that they live in them and insert evidence that that owners are white the housing values are appraised to be higher so again it's evolved but it's still there um and it's sort of important to highlight these things especially if you happen to be a realtor if you know family members who are realtors or you are going to be looking to buying a house or selling a house know that these things are happening let's get to some good news yes please let's get to some good news um yeah it's important though that we people that you know what's going on this is why i keep coming back to vote vote um in in good news um and this happened just last night we recorded on uh, this is october 7th um so just last night on the 6th uh um president biden offers a mass pardon for those 
convicted of marijuana possession and I should say at the federal level. Um, right. Okay, so basically, um, some are saying this is a step towards federally decriminalizing marijuana, which is still considered a schedule one drug in other categories like heroin, which, which yeah. is just nuts. Right. We know it's nuts because at this point in time, you know, how many states have legalized it both for either medical or recreational use one. Um, and also a lot of the the crimes have been um, for just possession without intent to sell two and three. Um, all the statistics show that even though um, white bodies and then bodies of color use marijuana at the same rate, there's been a disproportionate amount of arrests made on black and brown folk. Um, so um, one of the things to note is that a there's currently no one serving time federally for marijuana possession. Um, and two, this does not affect people who are who've been arrested. Um, in their particular states, right? So if you've been arrested and fined or imprisoned, um, well, in this case, prisoned or jailed because of a pardons, um, at the state level, this does not affect you. But it's he's made the he's made the plea for state governors to um, to use the same discretion, right? If it's just a minor possession, especially without intent to sell, then yes. Um, you know, re release the individuals. So, so yeah, good. And this was a this was a pledge that he made while he was campaigning. Mm. So I say good good for you, President Biden, um, for for taking taking the step. It's it's ridiculous on so many levels that a is still illegal federally, and b schedule one drug. And this schedule one thing was real. I mean, this is just a hold back from the whole you know war on drugs. That, yeah. That. I mean, filled, filled U.S. prisons unnecessarily, again, mostly with black and brown bodies. Right. You know, it's uh, back in 1979, uh, President Jimmy Carter was all for legalizing marijuana. Of course, it cost him the, uh, the you know, election. Yeah. Um, but he he even today, he says he's for it. Like he's always been for it. And um, he said back in uh, back in 1979, one of the reasons legalizing it is he just, when he looked at everything you just said, who's being arrested, what are the punishments? And he said the, the, the punishment should never do more harm than the substance itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think the more I learn about Jimmy Carter, the more I realize he was a president ahead of his time. Totally, uh, you know, which is why he didn't win again, <laughs> you know, and why people, you know, older oh, people like, goodness. oh, he was just so soft and he was just that, you know, yeah, no, yeah, exactly, exactly. They couldn't um, see him. Exactly. Yeah. That, 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 that was a man that had some vision. Um, what else we got in good news? Oh, one of my I've just recently come across um, uh, this wonderful, wonderful singer, songwriter, musician. Her name is Joy Aladokun. Um, and she's um, she's recently uh, put out a song with Chris Stapleton. Um, it's called Sweet Symphony. But I wanted to just talk about Joy 
Um, and because she's just amazing. And I just love her story. And this is this is more that, you know, black girl joy and black girl pride. And um, obviously, I'm not a black girl, but wanting to raise the voices, you know, in yes. case you can't see me or you haven't met me, you know. Um, exactly. But exactly. I wanted to to just raise her up and talk about her because for a number of reasons. One, uh, she her parents are from Nigeria. So she's firstborn generation here in the United States. Mm. She um, she's a singer, a songwriter, a producer. She just she's been, you know, gotten quite a bit of acclaim from Vogue and NPR and in NPR voted her, you know, the voice in 2021, the voice to watch. And apparently I missed that because I've just come to her lately in the past. Yeah, just and a she's few been weeks a, ago. She's, she's been around. She's been around going on like I don't know. I think her first album dropped in in the in 2015, 2016, something like that. Um, so she's yeah, been, but, she's been around for a few years. Yeah, but very small. Um, in terms of audience wise, or right. or it's taken it's taken people a few years to right. to recognize the gift, right? And hear to and hear um, the gift that she is. Well, and, and, and even elevate. And be able to find her, you know, um, mm -hmm. she's not, you know, her initial things were just independent. So yeah. it's, um, you know, and if you're going independent, you got to have, you know, deep pockets, but she just, it's one of those stories where she um, grew up in uh, Casa Grande, Arizona, which I'm, I lived in Arizona for a long time. So when she says it's in the middle of nowhere, she's not kidding. It's sort of, <laughs> it's now become because Phoenix has grown so so huge it's mm -hmm. now kind of a suburb of phoenix in the south but it's still pretty um it, you know almost kind of nowhere but certainly very white you know she was the only um one of the only one of you know, either the only or one of very few you know um black kids in her school um but her you know it was her dad who introduced her to you know peter gabriel phil collins um Conway, you know, Johnny Cash, like, you know, all of these. Um, the music of, not the artist. The music of, right, right, right. The music let's of them. Let's sorry. specify that. Yeah. Um, but it was when, so what I love about her story, it was when um, she saw Tracy Chapman um, doing a concert. She saw it on TV, mm -hmm. doing a concert and with a gajillion people filling the seats of this stadium. And she went, oh there's me I can do this and then asked her parents for a guitar for Christmas she got one and she was off and running representation um, matters people yes yes um um her and her she's a phenomenal storyteller um you know when you listen to her and you listen to the words uh you'll laugh you'll cry you'll um and I really love this latest release with Chris Stapleton because I really love Chris Stapleton. And the, the two of them together are just, um, you know, in some ways they go beautifully together and in some ways they're very different. It's sort of like when you think about like Katie Lang and Tony Bennett, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, wait, what? Um, but uh, she says that she wants you to be changed when you hear her and um, not because she's special, but she makes the music with the intention to change herself. So that's the energy she brings forward. So I just wanted to go find joy. There you go. Joy, joy, Ola, Ola Dukun. Oladakun. Oladakun, sorry. That's joy right. Oladakun. O -L -A -D -O -K -U -N. Joy O-L-A-D-O-K-U-N. Listen, listen to her music. It's uh yeah. good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right. I think I think 
I think are are we good? Oh, book recommendation. Book recommendation. Um you have it here. Uh Comrade Sisters, Women of the Black Panther Party. So, you know, when we say Black Panther, what's the first image that comes to mind? Men in leather jackets and berets and, you know, holding rifles. Um I know. For a lot of people, thanks to <laughs> thanks to uh, you know, certain certain um um what's it uh, prejudice of the media. Um yep. uh but um, what people, especially white folk, don't readily remember is the Black Panther had this phenomenal program of feeding and educating folks in the neighborhoods, protecting folks in the neighborhoods, and and encouraging liberation and and women as always in movements that are transforming the world. Uh, women are like the 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 main the main force behind it and often mm. the most unrecognized um parallel fast forward to what's happening in iran right now right um you, you know with with the revolution that's that's going on there um spurred by the by the death of a young woman and really fueled by women in in iran um removing the job cutting hair being in the streets um, so if you if you want to again elevate the voices of of black women and um, learn more about how they were this uh, monumental force um, in the Black Panther movement, um, check out the book. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, comrade, comrade sisters. It uh, hits the shelves October tenth. There you go. Um, All right. So I think that is it for this episode of With Love and Justice for All. Um, As always, um, head over to ProjectSankas.com. Join us in in our opportunities to help decolonize and transform you and the world. And also feel free to give some donations to help keep the strain of chugging along. Please share this podcast with your friends, with your relatives. Um, and if they don't know what a podcast is, please send them to with love and justice for all.podbean.com on their computers and they can listen there as well. Uh, we'll be back next week with a couple more new episodes. Um, so until then, let's until then, let's get our homie on.